Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dan Scully. My name is Garrett Smith. Welcome to I Like to Movie Movie. <laughs> we have to tell this story. Yeah. So there was, uh, we had an intro, so we, and then we, we were, were fascinated by the graphic that the at the intro made on our digital interface. We recorded 10 seconds of this <laughs> podcast and found it impossible to re-record those 10 seconds. Yep. It was a, we started at the same time, couldn't yeah. figure out who did it, and then the Issue took care of itself. Yeah. So you guys actually got the best cut. That That's was a right. clean, clean open. Yeah, exactly. Clean open after much disaster. Yes. Uh, welcome to I Like to Movie Movie. Yes, welcome. <laughs> we're we're, uh, we're recording this in a, a slightly different yes, studio, and it's a more laid back one. It's a little more laid back so bedroom this could be studio. Fun. Yeah, we, I set up a new, uh, new space for us to now, record. Now, when you say in. bedroom studio, I want to assure everybody listening, we're not laying in bed together oh. listening to this. Although that would be fun. I'm glad. I kind of like that you assumed that. About oh no, no, it's a bit. Yeah, uh, no, I get that it was a bit. I just, I, I'm like trying to imagine the person that assumes when they hear like we're in a bedroom together. They're like, well, they must be in bed together. They're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> they gotta be. Uh, we, uh, what have, what have we been doing this week? Oh, right. Okay, well, this, is a, this has been a really fun week for yeah. horror fans. I know. A lot of this is the season, of course, for horror movies. Yes, but it's also Fangoria's fresh back. So, yeah. like, that's big on the on the interwebs that's since been the so fun. print magazine came out. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's what I wanted to do. That's oh, a perfect yes. segue. Thank you to Preston Fassel for being on the show. Oh, of this course, past week. absolutely. Uh, author of Our Lady of the Inferno. Thanks to Fangoria for sending him our way. We're hoping we can uh, hook up some more interviews with uh, some more Fango people because that absolutely. was a ton of fun. And uh, Preston was great. And props to the magazine. I've been paging through it, and I have it been is. Just like it. it's the best. Yeah. It's just a throwback, and it's done with the same level of of like fanboyness, and just it's just good shit I all around. I forgot how awesome it was to just have a magazine in my bag that whenever I have a few minutes of downtime, I can just pull it out and read an article. And mm-hmm. it, it's I love it. It's so it's good. In my bag right now. Yeah. I was reading it on the train. Yep, <laughs> it was I, so cool. I'm loving having that. It's uh, it is yeah. It's fantastic. Forgot how much I love that experience. This is also the week yes. that the uh, long-awaited and uh, heavily, highly anticipated Halloween sequel boot came out. Yes, it's a sequel boot because it's a sequel that reboots the original franchise as opposed to the second one, while also eliminating the original franchise. Yes, it's it's wonderful, and I I like really liked it. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, Dan and I got to see a preview screening of that earlier this week. Uh, as you're listening to this, I'm assuming you've maybe seen it this weekend. I'm I'm mm. hoping that that movie does well because it deserves it. It's uh, a cool ass movie. Yeah, we we both really liked it, and I, I that movie has like grown in my estimation just the more I've thought about it all mm. week. I really really like. I'm that just gonna movie. say this: I keep thinking about that window. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, that is. Whew, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. But if you if you've seen it, you probably know what we're talking about. Uh huh. That's a cool flick. I there's a there's a review up on Cinema Seventy Six that yes. you can check out my full thoughts. But we should talk about it a little bit. Yes, uh, that is a cool movie. Yeah, to me because Laurie's character in the first movie doesn't really get an arc. Right, she just gets to survive, and that's it. Yeah, at the end of that, we don't have a clear uh, situation as to where Michael Myers is, yeah. what's going on, who he is, or anything. There's literally nothing. So the only thing now connecting him to her is that one night of crazy trauma. Yeah. And we finally get to see 
for what it's worth, uh, I won't say you know anything specific, but we do get to see that arc come to completion. Yes, forty years later. Yeah, that's fucking cool. It's really cool. I like am very much looking forward to watching the original again, like hopefully next week, mm. and then going to see the new one in theaters, like as close as I can to finishing the first one. Mm. I think it's going to be interesting to watch those movies like back to back. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll certainly be fun. That's yeah. a great double feature. Yeah, I watched all all ten. All ten, I think there's I think ten Halloween 11. movies. I think this is the eleven. I think this 11. is the eleven. So yeah. I watched all ten. So it's not quite the same experience as watching the first, <laughs> and then this one, which I think is probably Suspiria. Yeah, Suspiria. 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 I'm thinking about Suspiria because yeah. we're going to talk about that next. Yeah, we are. I'm sipping whiskey. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Suspiria, but uh, no, it's it's a. Uh, even having watched all of them, it was amazing how reverential and referential it was to the entire franchise, yeah. which it also threw in the trash. Yes. That's really cool. That's difficult, yeah. and but it's also not a reinvention of the wheel. It's just another good, you know, banger of a of a slasher actioner kind of thriller. Yeah, we'll call it a thriller. Yeah. But uh, you know, we're not there's there's no development of mythos to try right. and make something new out of it. Right. It's just another one of of that. But but it's not a photocopy. It's I- so hard. To, it's I was a really, fine really line to walk. impressed with the amount of fan service they were able to do without it feeling like a Star Wars sequel where yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. they're winking at me. They're, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's, there's no scene where Michael Myers is like leaving his house and they're like, and uh, you know, guys like, yeah, hey, you know, here, take this knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, that's his legendary right. knife. There's none of that. But then there is that. You know, there's like, plenty of that. Yeah, there's but, the masks from yeah, three. Yeah, there's, yeah. It, it, it's very interesting the way they're able to pull off fan service in this movie. I thought to like great effect. Actually, I was I was mm-hmm. very impressed with that stuff. Um, uh, and I really like the filmmaking in this movie, like a lot. I love the way this movie looks. Mm-hmm. It is so the just the way it plays with like light and shadow and darkness is better i feel like than i've seen in in like recent years with everything being shot digitally and stuff i think they found out they found a way to do the old tricks that they did with lighting but yeah. that still show up in digital yes because i'm thinking of and i, I once again i, I want to say too much detail but there's one that uses like uh floodlights like, yeah, uh, yeah on someone's home yeah there's a use for those that frames things in a way that you don't see anymore that i think is due to digital filmmaking because yeah. there's less contrast yeah. there's less of an edge you get that yeah. that gray gray look on everything yeah and this has those stark contrasts as well as the cozy autumnal feel of the carpenter film yes but they found a way to use those same classic style blocking scares yeah in a medium that doesn't typically host them right yeah i was super impressed with all that stuff Mm. i i I really liked that movie and that little kid that that the one girl was babysitting is like star is born yeah so uh, Ali can can fuck off. Yeah, yeah. This star is born. I don't know his name. Uh, Pally. Uh, I did. I saw a tweet today that made me laugh a little bit because I do think this is kind of true, and it's especially true of that kid. That it was like very funny watching a Halloween movie where everyone talked like Danny McBride. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, well, I mean, they had to. Yeah, yeah. But that. I will say that some of the dialogue like was kind of cringy, yeah. but then some of it is very much written by you know Eastbound and Down. Yeah. It's very yeah. much of that. And I think that that matches what is charming about old slasher movies. I think so, too. Like one of the things... I, I love Night of the Creeps. Yeah, me there too. There are so many subversive, cutting lines in that yep. that are 
that could be lost amongst the cheese. Yes. But that's the fun. If they were everywhere, it wouldn't work. Yep. And this somehow captures that without looking like it's aping that sort of style. Yeah, I agree. That's fucking cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And then uh, we got to see Suspiria this week, too. Mm. What a fucking crazy hey, One other thing I want to say yeah, about go. Halloween. David Gordon Green is a director that I'm not always on board with. Yeah. But when I think about something Agreed. like uh, Pineapple Express, uh-huh. that is a stoner movie that yep. leans on decades of crime films yeah like buddy cop movies buddy cop movies but also like some of the harder crime films there's all of these and so he he kind of did the same thing here and just took the influences of all of the uh you know the halloween movies even the jason movies and just layered it into david gordon green's style yeah so it's you know where he made a a crime stoner movie he kind of made I don't want to, it's not quite mumblecore, but he kind of made his own, you know, his own style of a slasher movie. Yeah. It's it's the David Gordon Green slasher. Totally. You know? Yeah, it's, and I, I think it, it works good. It does. I was excited initially when I think about a decade ago, he was supposed to helm the mm. Suspiria mm-hmm. remake. Now that did not... Uh, Obviously come to pass. It did not come to pass. Uh, Luca Guadalupe, <laughs> I can't do I it. I think it's Guadagino? I can't do it. Guadagino? Guadagino? Guadabada, I'm yeah. a Paschetti. Yeah. That's all that's all I got. Guacamole. <laughs> a Luca guacamole. <laughs> what I love about that is guacamole it's Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm I hate to say it, but I'm going to completely one hundred percent steal that. Yeah, Luca guacamole. <laughs> guacamole. That even eliminates any concerns of like slight racism of going, oh a Paschetti. Oh, or amplifies them. <laughs> No, but I mean, it makes it makes your racism so ridiculous yeah, yeah. that it becomes harmless. Where it's oh, like, yeah, he doesn't yeah. even know how he's being racist. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like, yeah. He just doesn't get it at all. Yeah. I'm oh, so ignorant love from it. six decades ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How is this guy not 80? Yeah. And, uh, but yes, so Luca yes. Guad- Guadagnino. Guadag- yeah. Guadagnino? Yeah, that sounds right. Guadagnino, I'm going to yeah. say. Villeneuve. That took <laughs> yeah. me a long time. Penis uh, Villanova. Penis Villanova. Luca Guadalupe. Yeah. <laughs> so, I feel worse about that one. Uh, yeah. I got to come up with a word. I tried to fit grapefruit in and I couldn't oh. do it, so Guadalupe just fell out. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Luca Guacamole is pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty Luca good. Guacamole. Either way, this Luca, yeah. ch- this Luca character <laughs> yeah. has made one slam banger of a Suspiria remake. He has. That movie blew me the fuck away. I loved watching Suspiria. Which is so true to the original. Yes. That is a sumptuous feast uh, for, in a, uh, what's the word, a tactile sense. Agreed. And I was very impressed with the way he was able to achieve that feeling again, where it was just Mm. like, man, do I like watching this movie, even though it does not look like Suspiria. Mm -hmm. It very much has its own look, I think, that I loved. I Um, think the only thing it shares with Suspiria besides title is... Uh, I mean, they use character names, but yeah. just girl goes to German ballet school. Yep. Coven of witches is doing spells in ballet school. Yep. That's the only thing that really connects yep. it. Otherwise, I mean, it's an hour longer than the source yes. material. So there's something going on. And and definitely goes to some different places, Like, which is a weird thing to say because it's like, I don't really understand Suspiria, the original mm-hmm. one. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what's going on in that movie. Um, but... Uh, this one definitely goes different places than that movie. It does different things with this similar This one opens material. up with... The first one is sort of like Wicker Man yeah. in that it's a... The locals are up to something, right. but I, there's nothing explicit. Yeah. And she slowly finds out that there that there is something yeah. sinister going on, yeah. and it's focused specifically on her. Terrifying stuff. This new one, right off the bat, it's Very plainly, plainly clear that... 
what's happening in, in the original Suspiria is happening here. There's yeah. no mystery. Right. There's no what is she doing. Yeah. So instead, it plays into the introduction of that and how it is embraced and refuted by the students. And yeah. It's and that is even just a drop in the bucket of what it's about. It's a lot of movie and it's it's going to be like Mother in that half of the audience are going to go, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah. And just dismiss it. Yep. And I get that. Totally. Definitely get it. Yep. But damn that is a good movie uh yeah i like so i i didn't have um i, I think quite a strong reaction to it as you but that, mm. the reason i'm starting this next sentence that way is just to say like i really fucking liked that you know what i mean like oh, i like yeah. that movie a lot and I, I especially just love the experience of watching that movie like mm. that is I, I hope that that ends up being as much a hit as it seems like halloween is going to be because mm-hmm. That really deserves the big screen treatment. I don't think it will be a hit because I know. there's no novelty to yeah. it. Film nerds go, but yeah. like horror does all right. So there yeah. will be a kick, but like Halloween's got that aspect. Yes. That it's the horror movie yep. this weekend. Now, Suspiria, I think, has two weeks before it's out locally. I think that's right. Smart move. Yep. Um, but Halloween has the, I mean, it just has the, the pop recognizability. Yeah. Suspiria is a little more niche. It's yep. probably the least niche of the niche uh, fanboy films. Sure. But, uh, I think that if enough people see this, it could take a life the way that The Shining did. Yeah. In that there's a million different interpretations of that, and it becomes irrelevant what the filmmaker intended because it ends up becoming about whatever you put into it. Yeah. And not that every read will be correct. It's just that there's no correct read because there's so much density here and so much that can be pulled out of it that no reading of it can be invalidated yeah and that's going to lead to a lot of very interesting discussions as to what it means in the future and as things for our society change in the future it'll end up being about different things yeah and that is a tremendous feat that few movies you know i think i think like you know the shining 2001 i can't think of anything else <laughs> actually more kubrick uh, uh dr Strangelove yeah. does that it's going to take on new life with every new decade, and that excites me. Well, and also think about like something like Body Snatchers, where there's been like three or four adaptations of the mm-hmm. same story throughout the years. And now we've got three or four adaptations of Body Snatchers that, by different generations of film fans and stuff, like we're at the point now where it's like we like all of them. Mm-hmm. Like we're pretty much into all three or four of the, the first like versions of that story that were made into movies. My least favorite body snatchers is actually the original. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like probably my least favorite. I, I'm not crazy about was oh, it except called for the, the invasion. invasion. Yeah. That one's that's my least favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't even consider that one. Right, yeah. yeah. But so it's like I think this will be another version of that where it's like thirty years from now when that movie has had time to just be around and be thought about mm-hmm. and written about and different generations of film fans discover it. Suspiria and Suspiria will be like a two movie. You know what I mean? Like people will be watching both of those and talking about both of those. Oh, and yeah. they will. Uh, it, it does seem, I, I think, like pretty primed to just be uh, uh, a future kind of classic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's such a great. It, when they failed, we did an episode on it on Nicolas Cage's The Wicker Man. Yes. Because yeah. I, I refer to it as if it was written and directed by him because it, even though it was Neil LeBute. Yeah. It was written and directed by Nicholas Cage. I think you're right. Let's just make that the truth. Let's put that into the fabric and just deal with it. Yeah. But uh, that's a movie that the Wicker, like that whole Wicker Man idea of there are things happening around me that I can't control that are out to get me, that uh, are bigger than me, and I can't possibly resist. Yep. That is on everybody's mind. Uh, Just in the in the era of Trump, in the era of of you know really reaching for justice for for those who don't have it. That is a concern, and it affects. It just affects everything, and yeah. so 
to tweak that into something about the idea of interacting with it as yeah. opposed to finding out about it seems to be the next level because mm-hmm. that's what we're doing now and that's what the Suspiria to me ended up being about. It's impressive stuff. It really is. I, I, I uh, man, I just like, and it's gross. It's really gross. <laughs> it's like so the gross. Dancing is amazing in it. Oh, it's a dance movie. It's a really it's incredible dance movie. Mm-hmm. I loved those dance sequences. So I could have dealt with more at, at two and a half hours. I would have taken another half hour of the movie if it was dancing. Anytime it cut away from dancing, I did yeah. get a little bit pissed off. Yeah. That would be a flaw that I gave it. Is If it cut away from like a really cool move, I'd be like, ah, oh, yeah. I wanted to see where that was going. I loved the dancing so but much. But it speaks to the idea of a creative act as a form of spell casting yeah. yep. and it gets into just the idea of, of a creative act can be a form of power for better or for worse. Yeah. And that's that's a really interesting notion. And I think the filmmaking in those scenes in particular is like really astounding. Mm-hmm. The, oh, yeah. The sound design and the editing is like what I said. Uh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just, man. Uh, and, and there's like, <sighs> the original one has so many interesting scenes that I, that I, will never in my life know what to do with. I, I like them. It's one of the things I like about that movie is that I, I don't know what's going on in it, but it's such a good sensory experience that I just enjoy mm. the experience of watching it. And that's, even if this movie chews you up and spits you out and you just can't engage with yeah. it, which is totally valid, Yeah, um, it is worth seeing for that yes. reason. Like uh, Tom York does the score. Yep. It's a very vocal score, which yeah, is it's interesting. interesting. And it's just a... It's just a really uh, marvelous piece of craft. Yeah, that's that. That was the thing that like I, I I came out of it with was just like Jesus, I I just loved fucking watching this movie. And so in in like a similar sense, like it's got a lot of scenes in it that I'm not exactly sure what to do with, but I just was so fascinated by the craft of them and, and the performances here too are like really really great. Dakota Johnson is like, yeah. She's just the she's the best, and I've seen her in like two movies in the last month. Mm-hmm. You know, bad. And t- she was great yeah. in Bad Times, mm-hmm. and that movie's pretty good. I, yeah. I enjoyed that I like movie that quite movie a bit. Too. Yeah, and but she really shines in it. Yep, and she's going up against Jeff Bridges. Oh yeah, and Jeff Bridges shows up in that movie totally, and so they really yeah. It, it, She's good. She's good. I know. She's um, got the blood of Melanie Griffith and Don Johnson coursing through <laughs> her veins. So I mean, how could she be anything but great? There's uh there's also um just the look of this movie feels like a 70s movie. Yeah. Just the way the camera is used and and moved around. There's a lot of those like what do you call those um like rack zooms or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um there and uh man did I like that stuff. Yeah, the camera's very gestural. Yeah. That, like when someone gestures, it follows and it becomes more crisp on the dance sequences, yeah. but it also kind of plays loose. But what's weird is as the movie descends into chaos, yeah. the filmmaking seems to tighten up. Yeah. And it seems to be less about uh the flashiness of yep. it, more about like this crisp clinical style it's yeah. it's impressive yeah i, I like it, it looked a, a lot cine- cine- cinematographically uh-huh. uh, like sofia coppola's the beguiled remake oh i haven't seen that yet. um that's a movie that i was lukewarm on i think i killed it by watching the original like the day before were you luca guacamole warm i was on luca it? i was warm guacamole yeah. on that one i was lukewarm guacamole yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what i was trying to get to thank you it's a difficult one yeah, yeah. lukewarm guacamole the yeah. rich witches wear wristwatches yeah <laughs> and um <laughs> That's so that is ridiculous. Redonk. Redonk yeah. a dunk. Um but that's a movie that looked very similar to this. Okay. And I would actually like to watch that again cuz I su- I suspect that it's a great movie. If it looks like this, I'll definitely watch it. Yeah, it looks it looks and that's it's a wonderful piece of craft yeah. it, if nothing else. Yeah. But I think it's probably more. I just I think I saw it on a bad day. Yeah, yeah, fair. 
Uh, so the other thing, so uh, Halloween season, I've been watching a lot of horror stuff. I caught uh, Apostle on Netflix. Have you Yo, watched that? I watched Apostle. So that is the most impeccably directed movie I've seen outside of Suspiria. Here's what happened to me. My for some reason my Netflix stream would not go into HD when I was watching that. Oh. So it just was like muddy garbage the whole time. And That's I knew that it was the stream and not the movie, you know? Mm. But I just, I like, I wanted to watch that movie and I knew I was not going to have time with all the other screenings we were doing. So I just mm. like, I just sat through it and did it. And I did like that movie. All it's, it, not a, it, it's a very good movie. It definitely rips. I, I wasn't completely in love with yeah. it. But that's a shame that you missed it because my favorite thing about it was how it looked. All it made me want to do was watch it again, which yeah. is a good thing. You know what I mean? It, and it might grow watching yeah. again, knowing like how to. That's how the to thing dance is like it, it's, a, it's atypical. It is. It's a weird movie, but I, and and I liked. I just the story was good enough. I agree that it's like a little bit weird. I actually think Steven's performance is like. He's chewing the scenery so hard that it's like a little bit strange. It's a little too much. Yeah, it's. But he's just. But he's, but he's a hunk. Yeah, he's, he's just like the hunkiest dude who ever hunked. He's great. He's just he's really going for it, and mm. I don't know that the rest of the movie is like matching his tone. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And, although I will say that the final moments. Oh yeah. When he's really going oh, for yeah. it, I think those almost retroactively earn it. But yeah. I would agree, and yeah. it's a movie that. I don't think fully earns its length. I agree it's with that. It's very long. Yeah. Um, it doesn't necessarily feel long where I was bored. Yeah. But like there were certain points where I was like, all right, you know, let's let's put a little heat under it because I got I gotta get to work. Yeah. Michael Sheen felt more in tune with the tone of this, I thought. He was awesome. He was really good. Yeah. Um so anyway, but it was good enough that I want to watch it again because I could tell the filmmaking was great and I just was missing a lot of like the the true like the crisp image on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it looked so good. I want to watch it again. The for that. scene with the rabbit, yeah, the, that rabbit was mostly digital. Yeah, yeah. Um, it looks, and you can tell that it's digital, yeah. as the way you always can. But yeah. and, and even as an owner of a rabbit, so it like really, I was like, oh, that's gross. Oh, Poor yeah, little juniper's getting chewed up. Yeah, but uh, that uh, it looks, it looks really good. It's the best of that that I've seen, and yeah. that's usually the kind of thing that'll take me take out you entirely. Out. Yeah. Um, I did like that movie, and I thought that the score was one of the best score of the was year awesome. so far. The yeah. score, I, I don't even know who did it. I should look it up, but that was so good. It's yeah. folky. It's not even melodic. Right. It's mostly just just a, almost purposefully amelodic sounds that yeah. sound like branches cracking in nature and a cowbell ringing and just yeah. a single bang, mm-hmm. but it really, really works, and yeah. it does feel ultimately melodic on a large scale. I, the thing that I think I liked most about it was like it it reminded me of the ritual from this year as well a little, little bit, bit. Yep. Um, definitely has Wicker Man vibes it's yeah, like yeah. it's folklore horror and well very that's the similar. same thing of guy is there Got, yep although he, the difference here is he suspects something's yes. up or knows something's yeah, up yeah yeah this is this is a rescue mission yes. where I yeah, don't yeah. recall the original Wicker Man being a rescue mission necessarily I think the original Wicker Man was the it's same as the remake person. Where it was a missing person yeah. and the last place that they were headed towards right. was there yeah. yeah um but what I liked so much about it and I I don't want to spoil it for anybody so I'll I'll just say this kind of vaguely to you and I, I think you'll know what I mean is there's a very interesting metaphor, I think, for environmentalism in this movie. I would agree. Uh, just the way that we strong arm the environment into giving us what we need out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe us being gone would be the best thing for it. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, would, I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah I, yeah, I was fascinated by the way it's a very crazy horror movie that I think has a pretty direct parallel to like some real 
real world issues that are happening right now. I would um, definitely agree. And I, I, I like that. That to me is like, oh yeah, that's how you use movies. That's what horror mm-hmm. movies are for is, is for these like big metaphors that help us deal with some of the larger horrors of, of the actual world right now, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I, I thought that was cool that uh, I was very into that idea, especially, you know, the way they, they kind of resolve all of that in the end too, was like yeah, that's very true. interesting to me. I only even like half thought of that. You're opening it up for me. I really like that. It's pretty cool. I think that's yeah. very interesting. It's like the idea of just like, there's a way to do things. Yeah. And when you try to maximize the benefit without maximizing the input, yeah. it, 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 that is that is entropy it'll just it can't hold up yes yeah and there's then you know the other parallel you could make to it is just um greed man greed and the the character that we're vaguely referencing is a specifically female character yep and so i think there's a lot going on with that as well Mm -hmm. uh um so yeah greed is at the heart of all of those problems it really is yeah um so i i liked that movie a lot i'm like looking forward to seeing it again when i can get a good stream going so that i can actually appreciate the filmmaking that's a real shame because yeah, that was I know. the thing I, I was, was so most mad. impressed about about that movie. I was so mad the whole time. It like but it's just Gareth kept Evans taking me out of the movie. Um, yeah, I know. Who just he's the best. Uh, yeah, love those. Raid and then movies. the other guy uh, from the raid, Timo Taranto, the, yes. he has a movie out now. I've heard supposed it's to be awesome. Titties. I can't wait to watch it. I can't, I can't remember what it's it. called, but I'm going to watch it. It's something like. It's not they come at night, but it's like something yes, like something that. Like the night that. comes for us. Yes, that's the it. The night comes for that's us. Yep. I hear that movie is just yep. and it's on Netflix Woo! now. Netflix has been killing it over the last like month or two. Some, oh yeah, some really good releases. You know what Shutter just put on uh, on Shutter? The Witch in the Window. No, oh, yes, The Witch <laughs> in the Window. I was gonna say the you know Netflix does the Yule Log. Yes. Oh, I heard they have about a Ghoul Log. Yeah. I, I put it on last night for a little bit. I would it's love just it. a jack o' lantern yep. with a candle it's in amazing. it. Amazing. And it's just that. But you hear like kids like you know run by oh, giggling. I love it. You'll hear like a car pass by or a cat just like little oh, things like that so it's good. so atmospheric and it's wonderful I what a that. great idea yeah I love what a that. great idea uh so the only other thing i want to talk about before we jump into yeah, yeah. gus van sant's psycho season remake is just so it, the halloween season's hot right now because yep. there's been with last year being a uh like kicking off this idea that horror is respectable yeah something we've all known for years yeah. but like the people with the money are finally starting to discover <laughs> yeah is uh there's been this new appreciation for horror yep. and lo and behold, people have come to the horror fandom and found out that it's probably the politest one. Yeah. It's the nicest one. Everyone is welcoming. People disagree wildly on what's good and bad in horror, but are so happy to be in the world of horror that it doesn't like it's, it's the best. It's like film Twitter, only good. <laughs> and it's about murder and ghosts and destruction. Yeah. It's, and so there's been this move towards horror, and this is the first Halloween after that. Yeah. Everyone's feeling it. I know. It's, it's so cool. It's so good. It's so cool. Uh, so one of the things that I had the opportunity to do, thanks to a friend of the show from Movie John, and I saw it in a movie, Rosalie Kicks had her birthday party <sighs> last weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, and for her birthday, she likes to celebrate by throwing a big party that she themes around a... Uh, Franchise marathon. So, not only are you and I going to complete our psycho marathon here tonight, in the meantime, I marathoned all seven Chucky movies, which I had never seen. And I fucking loved, I've never seen one. And I loved the Chucky series like a whole lot. (laughs) I really, really liked it. There's just something about that concept that will not ever stop being fascinating. Those movies are just fun and weird and funny and strange. 
and they have the John Waters shows up in one, and mm. they they have like kind of a John Watersy vibe of like there's something uh, by that one they're full yeah on just well like, there's like a little something a little bit transgressive about that series it's there's, anarchic yeah it's yeah completely just trying to just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks yeah it's it's wild and I, and for me like I I lo- the original Child's Play is like great mm. um but I like really liked when it got to the more loony tunes episode chucky's the best bride of chucky is amazing there's something interesting about the idea of a kid says my doll's talking to me and everyone doesn't believe him you build a horror movie around that but that's a Mm one-off and by the end it becomes about the horror that charles lee ray is experiencing having to live his life in the body of a doll yeah that's such a crazy flip but that is that is the most interesting thing about the chucky movies if you're going to franchise is that the concept is fucking bananas. Yeah. And they own it. Uh, it's the, good. The other thing I want to give a big shout out to, I think the actor's name is Alex Vincent, who plays yeah. the main character in the first two. And then he plays Andy. Andy. And then he eventually shows back up, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, that um, was fun. He's amazing in those first two movies. He's like one of the best. It is such a great he out child. The mom from Seventh Heaven. It's which is not that crazy, but like he's really good in those. He is really like good. legitimately really good in those movies. I was so impressed by his performance in that. It's them. a shame he wasn't old enough for part three because that would have been really cool too. I know it. Like uh, yeah, he's like very very good in those two movies. Um, and, and they do this weird thing that I would have really liked if they actually committed to it in the later ones where he shows back up. They almost set him up to be like the Ash of oh, yeah, the yeah, Chucky yeah. movies, uh, but then they just don't really commit to that that much. He, they don't like give him a ton to do, yeah, but yeah. they like kind of set him up to be this like reluctant badass who knows enough about Chucky to like be able to do something about it. You know, in mm. the same way that Ash is like this. We'll see reluctant. what the next one brings because I think it was only the last one that he pops back up. Yeah, in, he's and got, he has that great post credit sequence. He's got a cameo in in Curse of okay. like at the end, and then Cults he is actually like kind of in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes um, sense. Uh, and yeah, supposedly they're making like a TV series now. Yeah, there's a new one, but it's not Don Mancini right, related. Right. Which I'm totally down to see what they yep. do with the concept because they will take it back to its roots. But yeah. like, if they want to keep pumping out Mancini's Chucky's. Well, I like the story of Chucky. Agreed. Of and, Chucky. And so I think that's what's happening though. That's yeah. weird is I think Universal maybe owns the rights to Child's Play. So they are remaking Child's Play. While Mancini is supposedly working on a TV show that's the continuation of the original Chucky series. That's cool. Yeah. I will watch that show. Yeah. Oh, so, so I think if shows. Andy is like a part of that. That would be and, cool. And they can more explore this idea of him being like the one man that can defend the world yeah, from Chucky. Yeah. If they go full comedy yeah, too with that, that would be fantastic. I'd be way into that. That would be amazing. Yeah. So I just I really like those movies. And I wanted to shout that out because I, I had those such are so a good. blast watching those. Give me the power, I beg of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a good spell. And that's the other thing to have Brad Dorf on board just as a as a voice. He's great in it. And then he is he's very instrumental in building this character into one of the iconic slashers. Yeah. And it's like it's so cool that someone who obviously who just like oh I got a good voice for this. Yeah gets it well enough yep. to go as far as those go oh yeah and and really get it he's committed that's 
I would literally every Chucky movie. I would look. I I can't imagine the pitch meeting. Yeah, exactly. I cannot imagine nope. it because it's too much. Wait, you know what's funny though too is like literally right away in the second one, and then they really dig their heels into it in the third one, and then really dig their heels into it by Seed. They're already doing commentary like that. Oh, there's yeah, like yeah. scenes in all of them that are like executives at a stuffy board meeting <laughs> talking about like how do we make this doll popular with kids again? You yeah, know, yeah. like it's. It's oh, very so funny the way that series almost immediately is like, what the fuck are we doing, capitalism? Why are we yeah. making all of this over and over but again? But we got a talking doll that kills exactly, people. Yeah. So let, let, we can make some money. Yeah, yeah. Capitalism. Yep. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I was, I, But uh, yeah, so Chucky movies are a blast. It's I, good I, stuff. Yeah. And it was crazy to watch all seven of them in <laughs> one day. <laughs> that's got to be a real trip. It was crazy. Just to be like, I, I, I think that might be too much. Yeah, yeah, you, I don't you, think I could do it. I don't know if you remember, but the second one introduces this like eyeball machine, like how yeah, that yeah. like inserts eyes into the dolls. Mm -hmm. I used that at least three more times throughout the day to make sure I could survive more Chucky movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. I like <laughs> needed to keep having my eyeballs taken out and replaced. Crack the machine out. Yeah. yeah. Boop, boop. Yeah. Oh, he's... Chucky's great. He's great. It's great. Yeah, really enjoyed those. Hi, Andy. Uh, so, do you want to round out our Psycho series finally and bring an end to this? Uh, we can say mad experiment. I have now seen all five, all psycho, five movies, psycho movies. To which one hundred percent of the time, whoever you say that to goes, "They made a second Psycho movie." Yep. And you go, "Yeah, they made they made four sequels." Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, one was a remake, and three yep. of them were great. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. This is an interesting, this is one of those things where I get why it was made. Me too. I don't get why it was released. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I could agree with that. This is the Psycho remake. In uh, 1998, yes. Gus Van Zandt remade Psycho shot for shot. Coming off of like Oscar wins. Yes. Oh, yeah. He was Because I he think was 96 hot. is uh, Good Will Hunt. I'm almost positive. Uh, so like he, I, I, this might be the thing he made immediately after Good Will Hunting. So he takes the success of Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, Goodwill Hunting is 1997. This was 1998. Yeah, so it's got to be the thing he made. What after. a weird thing, right? Let's see what goes. To cap, that's that's what he does with the. This is his blank check movie. You know. Yeah, it really is. To to use a term from another podcast, this is, and it's. I get the appeal. I think of wanting to make a remake of one of the great horror movies. We do it all the time. You know, oh, we're yeah, constantly yeah. remaking the great horror movies. Here's the thing: we yeah. remake great horror movies, and we do like we did with Suspiria, yep, or like what Rob Zombie tried to do they with, tend with to Halloween. Reimaginings. They do reimaginings, and the difference. I, I guess we should point out the difference between any other remake and this Psycho remake yep. is that they use the exact script. Yes. There's no reinterpretation of the script, so Correct. the characters all speak the exact lines. Yep. But by nature of it being in a different time, yep. they they perform them differently. They're yeah. different people. They perform them differently. Some some people perform them differently. Yes. Yeah. But also because it is in color and it's set in the present day, there yeah. are slight changes in terms of the way that it's directed. Yeah. And so it makes the idea of a direct photocopy remake like it's a half committed to idea. Yeah, I, I really don't know how to say it. Well, and that's and yeah, so, to confirm what you said, yes. it was Goodwill Hunting. Then he did the weird video for Hanson. Oh yeah, and okay. then he did Psycho. Yep, and then Finding Forrester. So he gave us You're the Man Now, dog. I forgot he, he made directed that. Finding Forrester. Apparently, that's insane. You're the man now, dog. I remember seeing that in theaters. Yeah, he directed that. That's insane. Elephant Last Days. I mean, he's really like got a wide variety of stuff. Yeah, I know. He's like a journeyman director, which yeah. I, I really appreciate and like. But yeah, I liked I, his movie from this year. 
Don't worry, won't go far. Yeah, I didn't see that. I heard that's good. It's good. It's not. It's nothing like yeah. explosive. I heard I Phoenix it. is good in it. It's always good. Phoenix Phil's good, good in it, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I just so uh, okay. I I think I want to start with this movie by just going like I don't want to like overly shit on it, but I'm definitely going to. Yeah. Um. Uh. uh it's a failed experiment, but it's an it's a noble experiment. Coming off of four psycho movies that I legitimately liked, mm. this one is definitely three of which I like loved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? Exactly. Like, that's yeah. It this this kind of stinks, you know. Um. But the thing is. It's a fascinating stinker, I think. Like, I'm really excited to dig into, like, all the reasons why this maybe doesn't work. And and we also should consider, too, that we are now 20 years distant from this as well. Yes. And so the way that this was, was sold, like, this came out the same summer as, I don't know if it came out summer, it came out the same year as Halloween H2O. Oh, right. Which is 20 years yeah. after yeah. Halloween, yeah. which we are now 20 years from, which is mind-blowing. My back hurts. I know. Blonde. I don't, you kids these days, it, whatever. It's crazy. But... That was kind of a little bit of how it was marketed. Yeah. Was Michael Myers is back. Norman Bates is also back. Yeah. And much in the same way that the original sequel to Psycho successfully did in tying it in with slashers of the time. And so it's it's a movie that that is kind of untrue to what it's presented to be. Yeah. It's a movie without an audience. Yeah. And it's a movie that as we talk about it, we should consider is now old itself. Yes. We are as distant from from that as uh like psycho 2 was from, from psycho. the original yeah. yeah it's it's a weird place it is uh, so the i think the thing that I, i'll start off with just to be a little bit complimentary so that we can then just really dig into it is i i get i definitely get why it would be interesting if i were a filmmaker if i were gus van sant if i were an artist to to try this experiment mm-hmm. to try and remake one of the great films as it was made, what could I learn from replicating every shot, every angle, every piece of dialogue? What interesting things will I find having other performers perform that dialogue? Like, how will that change it? I, I could I, put color on it. Yeah. It's what like, choices can I make it, with color? Absolutely. I I, I could. I to- think that's where it's most successful, to tell you the truth. Uh, yeah. The, you know? Yeah, the palette is pretty interesting. The palette's interesting. Yeah. Some of the shots, uh, well, we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, but so I see the appeal of wanting to do this, and I would imagine uh, Gus Van Sant. I maybe not, but I would. I, I feel like if I were him, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm glad I did that." Oh yeah, I'm sure he learned I'm a lot. I'm sure from he gained something doing from this. It. You know? Oh yeah, but I don't know who the audience is for that experiment. He's playing house, in yeah, Hitchcock's house, yeah. and it's like it's great. You're just you're going through the motions and you did it. Yep. And it's just that when when you're just going through the motions and copying, you're not. You're almost like. You're almost preventing yourself from creating anything. Yeah, yeah. And so when these little moments of creativity, because he's a talented director working with talented people, do shine through, yeah, they end up being detractors because they feel gaudy. Yeah, yeah. It's I, it's so hard to describe. It's strange. So okay, so let's talk about some of like the weird. I will say, I think I mentioned this last time. Hunter yeah. S. Thompson is famous for a lot of things, but <laughs> one of the things that that supposedly he did, I forget whether it was The Great Gatsby or Grapes of Wrath. Okay. I always forget, but he typed it out. He just typed it out, and his reasoning was he wanted to feel what it was like to write the great American novel. Yeah, and that always resonated with me because yeah, it's a stupid you know Dr. Thompson story that yeah. that could be bullshit. We don't know because he's just a maniac. Yeah, but it also like I can see that. 
something tells me it resonated with Van Sant too. It, and so, and I think like, in that yeah. realm, what Van Zandt is doing, I, I absolutely must champion his efforts. Yeah, absolutely. But the movie does like stink a little. Yeah, yeah. Be, and it's I think it's because of a bunch of bizarre choices, right? And I, yeah. I feel like that's probably what we should spend most of our well, time talking about. There's only so here. much room to fit in a choice when this is your methodology. Yes. If you change your script, you can do a litany of choices, yep. and all you're considering is if you'll piss off. Uh, like the the most that you're considering as a hindrance is if you'll piss off hardcore fans. Right. Yeah. That's really it. Right. But doing it with just with the exact same script, you 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 cut off your foot before you start walking, and now it's just you have to find these little tiny windows for creativity. Unfortunately, the movie you're doing this with is kind of perfect. Right. So like, what do you where where are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, so like, there's like some uh, just bizarre like aesthetic. Tr- I I definitely want to dig into the performances at some point because I think that's a place where we're gonna find a lot of things to to like about this that's movie. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. To like and a lot of things that I think are huge missed opportunities. Yes, agreed. But uh, so uh, one of the things that jumped out to me throughout this movie that was so frustrating was just how... (sighs) Okay, so they set the movie in 1998, but they're using the original script. So you've got all this dialogue that does not feel like people in 1998 speaking, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, which is fine. I, I, I know going into this that I'm going to have to deal with that anachronistic kind of experiment. Mm. Half of them are in costumes from the original. That's the thing, though. And half of them are not. Yeah. There's yeah. like, but then it's like, I get that. I get that if you're using the original words, you're setting it in 1998. Boom. Fine. I got it. That's like an anachronistic thing. I'm going to have to deal with that. But to then on top of that, go like, okay, Norman will always have on as much as I can, an identical outfit to what Norman was wearing in the original movie. Mm-hmm. However... Kind of parallel to his performance, too, but we'll yes. get into that. Yeah. However, with Viggo Mortensen's character, um, Sam, uh, he's going to look entirely different and almost be a different character. Mm-hmm. You know, same word. He's used almost to the opposite effect. Yes. And yeah. that's that's a smart move and in terms of... One of the things I like about this yeah. movie. Um, but the point I'm making is ultimately it's one of the things I don't like about the movie because it's full of these weird, like, in this case, it's going to look and feel exactly like the original one. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it will not. We will. This will be a almost different. Ca- you know, there, mm-hmm. and there's just a ton of like the um, I, I, I honestly, now that you're saying it like that, it is similar to the problems I have with. And I ended up liking Rob Zombie's second Halloween. Yeah. But his first Halloween it was a mixed bag for me because like the the ways that it tried to ape the original were cool. Yeah. But then all the new stuff like didn't work. And yeah. if he had committed to one or the other, it could have been fine. Yeah, that's and this one yeah, how I feel about it. If they pulled a Romeo and Juliet, a yeah. uh, why can't I think uh, of his uh, name? Um Bos Lerman. Bos Lerman. If they yeah. pulled a Romeo and Juliet where they committed to the script yep. and committed to we are doing it all in nineteen nineties uh, yep. you know, poppy grunge aesthetic. Yep. That that movie is awesome. Yeah, it movie it rules. Yep. You know, it, I mean, it doesn't rule, but it's it's a good movie. Yeah, and they they stuck to it. If this went full on, just we are absolutely capturing every little thing about the original, it would be great. Yeah. Or if they went, okay, we're just going to reinterpret Psycho and do a Suspiria. Yep. Um, it would have been great, but walking this middle line, it's such a noble, valiant idea, and I don't think nothing's impossible, but I think it's impossible to pull it off in a way that is anything but personal catharsis for the creator yeah it was just bizarre to me every time like i I would start to get used to like okay so marion dresses like marion from the original movie but uh you know this character and i'd start getting used to that because like that is still strange in the first place because it's like set in 1998 yet for some reason she does not dress like a woman in 1998 Mm -hmm. 
But then uh, all of a sudden I'd be confronted with Sam and be like, okay, wait, so, but he doesn't. Yeah, like, he's he, an Arizona cowboy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? It just like, it was full of these just, I, I don't know. I don't know why you would do that, where where you would uh, kind of half commit to two different ideas. I think, the, I think the, the scene that answers the question that you're asking, but also is the best case of why it shouldn't be done yeah. is towards the end when Julianne Moore is walking up the steps to the house. Yes. She's wearing this ridiculous uh, button-up t-shirt that you, is just... It's a Spice Girl you shirt. You said she looked like a Spice she Girl. She looks like You're a Spice totally Girl. Right. It's, it's, that, it's like a, a grid pattern that's kind of fluid, yep. but it's black and white, and it's very poppy, and it's a nice shirt. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm not knocking the fashion. It's very much of its time, yeah. but everything around it is this drab throwback to what was initially shot in black and white. Yeah. So she pops in a way, but it doesn't seem... Like it's a you see it and you go that is a great idea throwing yeah. this modern woman into this old set yeah super cool, but at the same time it's like unpleasant to look at yeah. because it just doesn't jive cinematically yeah and that's how this whole movie feels on every level I agree where all these cool ideas rear their heads just in the worst spots <laughs> even so we're talking about even like Bernard's Her- Bernard Herman's music feels a little weird in this movie there's something about the way this movie looks. And maybe just, I don't know, maybe it's the 1998 setting. Maybe it's that film stock that they use in the 90s and the distinct look that it has. Something about it doesn't gel with the score, even though mm-hmm. it's like essentially the same beats it's at the same time. Yeah. You know, And it's a great score that I think works great in Psycho, in the original Psycho. I, for some reason, it doesn't feel like it works in this movie, mm-hmm. even though ostensibly I'm watching the same movie. You're watching the exact same movie, but there's some the color changes. Like, yeah, for every one thing that goes, oh, that looks kind of cool yeah. when it's modernized. There's five things where you're like, that that's a it mistake. Just doesn't work. It's just not. It's not right. Yeah, yeah. it's really strange. But where the where this ends up being interesting, I think, and the things that I did like about it were all the performance choices. There is a very distinct choice in this movie to let the women really come to the forefront of the movie mm-hmm. um, that I really appreciated and I liked a lot. I, I especially liked Anne Heche. I thought Anne Heche was fucking awesome as Marion in this movie. She's always great. Yeah. Anne Heche is a fantastic actress who yeah. doesn't always get a... And she had a moment, but she's not having a moment. And right. She's really good. She is so good in this, I think. And she brings like a dimension to Marion that I really appreciated mm-hmm. um, that I think is kind of there in the writing of Marion, but is maybe not quite there in the performance of Marion in the original because... It doesn't she, feel modern, yeah. Yeah, she's performed more like a modern woman of that era, mm-hmm. you know? And, and and Oh, yeah, she was positively radical right. to all the women in, in yeah. Psycho. I'm talking about um uh, Janet Lee. Janet Lee, yeah. Her character is... is is absolutely radical yeah. because she's just a little bit more confident. Yeah. Which is crazy to think. Yeah. And so in this one, we have saying the same words. We have a woman who looks modern. She has short hair. That's, yep. you know, that's, which that was, is a reference is to a, you Janet know, Lee's hair, but it, it mm. you know, does feel more of the time of 1998. It feels of the time, but it, it's still like, even to this day, that is something like, we still think of long hair, feminine, short hair, masculine. Right. Yes. Yeah. And it's, and so it's still like, they're still making that same choice, but there's, there's something about just the way she works her face in response to what people say yep. that, you know, where she could say something just like, I can't come up with a good example, but she could say something that in the 50s sounds like, ah, a little old me, or yeah. 60s, sorry, that now sounds more subversive and more like she's using a mocking tone I think it, and, and gets it more. It's, yeah. It, 
but it's the same words. It's so cool. I think a great example is that kind of opening scene with her in the bank when the fucking cowboy with the money comes in and is like very clearly hitting on her. That is what happens in the original movie, but in the original movie, there's a little bit of... Uh, Marion is at her job. She's a uh, 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 kind of lower on the chain at that mm-hmm. job, and she's being spoken to by a man that's co- you know uh, a powerful rich man, a powerful rich man that is responsible or or is about to give a bunch of money to her boss. Mm. So she's like subserv. She's basically in a very subservient role to all these men in that scene. Well, when he hits on on her in the original, yep. she feels like her response is more well part of the job. Yeah, exactly. Whereas the modern one, she's using the same words, but her thing is like. Gross. Good yeah, thing yeah. I'm out of here soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she very much um, challenges his presence there yeah, in yeah. this, I think, where that's not quite the case in the original one. She treats it as out of the ordinary, yeah. which it should be. Yeah. And to uh, Janet Lee's take on Marion, it's no, that's just how things work. Right, exactly. 60s. Exactly. And I love that. That's really mm-hmm. cool. And that, I, I think, uh, I just like that Haish is like one of only a few actors in this movie that is not really doing an impression of the person that of the character that she's playing. Yeah. She's imbuing Marion with her ideas about who Marion really is and how Marion would really act and how Marion would really think as a woman in 1998, mm. where I think a lot of other performances in this movie are kind of imitations of the previous performances. I'd say almost all of them. Yeah. Uh, her, I think, uh, and like, there's not a lot of people in this movie. No. And I think the only two people that really, like Philip Baker Hall, probably could do more, but he he doesn't have an opportunity. Doesn't have an to. opportunity. He's just playing that yep. character, Surly yep. Sheriff. But I think her and Vigo are really the only two yep. that that seem to want to try some. And I don't know if that's. The, I mean, it is them, but I also wonder how much of that is Van Zant, right? Because they I do agree. represent sort of a flip flop duality. We talked just about how Sam was just upstanding nineteen sixties man. Yep. The only flaw is that he's with that he's unmarried to the woman he's banging. Yeah. But uh, you know, blah blah that kind of thing. Yep. But he's just your regular guy, tie, button-up shirt. Yeah, he looks like a football jock. He looks like a football jock. Yeah. And he's just your standard, you know, good guy. Yep. And uh, uh, Viggo Mortensen, also a good guy. Yeah. But he's a little slower. He's yeah, kind he's, of a country boy. Yeah, he's like a dumb, and, you know, dumb cowboy. Same words. Not stupid, just dumb just cowboy. Dumb. Not yeah. stupid, just dumb. And he, he always seems like a step behind, whereas Loomis always seemed to be in charge. Yeah. And so that's just the same words, but different performance, different yeah. costume. He and wears I like cowboy that choice on, on Great Sam. choice. Yeah, yeah. It, it works for that character very well. And it allows for Julianne Moore, I think, to bring a little bit to that character that's not I think she br- Well, that's where I think the problem is with her yeah. character, because I think her character ends up being a gaudy element. Yeah. And it's a shame, because she speaks to this idea that the Crane sisters are not to be messed with. Right. They're not a product of the times. Right. They are the seed of the future. They right. are the ones that are going to, you know, they are that. Yeah. But because her character wasn't written that way, and yeah. we are beholden to the script, yes. her performance of it feels so off from it's what she's weird. saying, where I want to support the notion, but yeah. every time she talked, I'd be like, she actually feels, she feels now to me like the the stereotypical, like, this woman's a crazy woman. Yeah. And she's not. Right. But since she was kind of written in a time where that was the thing, it just doesn't match. It feels weird. I yeah. Don't know. Well, and so then, me. It, it, so and I it, fucking love Juliet Moore. Oh, she's great. I could watch her walk. Yeah. for hours. She's amazing. She's the best. Yeah, but this gets back to that weird thing of like them trying to do both things at once and and none of it working is because we have these and and this is gonna sound weird, but I think if we follow down this path, we'll we'll get to where this let's go for won't a walk. Sound is strange. Let's do it. Uh, 
because the women are such are such a strong presence in this movie and and seem like women that really are are aware of the world that they're in and are um uh powerful and can stand up to it and are smart and are uh, two steps ahead of everything around them suddenly everything that happens with norman takes on an entirely different context in this movie mm-hmm. that i just did not like i can't decide if it if it fits it or runs concurrent to it that he is a guy who only finds power through like an authoritative woman right and i don't know if that goes converse to speaking of of these women in a highlight for being forceful and yeah and uh you know having agency yes but i guess it just falls back to the script it's the same words it's the same i words. can't decide and and what ends up just being weird is that and th- again this is going to sound strange but i think we'll get to a place where this won't be as strange Norman comes off as like a real unhinged creep in this mm-hmm. movie, which I get that he is. Yeah, like he that is. that is what's happening. And so I when we but, talk about the sequels, they they glide along gleefully on the fact that there's always empathy for Norman. Yes. Because he is a prisoner of his mom, at yes. least as as he sees it. I just get him to be I feel like he's in cahoots with his mom, but yeah. she's the extreme one. Exactly. Yeah. Know? Like the the original movie, my impression of Norman in that movie, and I and to me it's this is what makes it such an interesting good movie. And so that's why I don't like this version of it as much. Mm-hmm. Is that I truly believe that when we are with Norman and watching Norman and listening to Norman, Norman is an innocent. Norman is someone. I mean, again, I know he's not. At yeah, the end yeah, of the yeah. Day, but he, th- there's such a disconnect between Norman and Mother mm-hmm. that Norman truly is an innocent, and Mother is who commits these other acts, and the two are in conflict with each other. And that's where the film ultimately lands. Yeah, that's what the psychologist, whatever the head doctor, yeah, whichever yeah, yeah. one he is, I forget which. Uh, whereas this feels more like a guy that's very aware of what's going on with himself who want to, and almost using this mother personality as some sort of excuse to, to mm. be able to perform those actions. Mm-hmm. He feels like a murderous psychopath in this that has a just a crazy personality disorder. Whereas in the original Psycho, he... Feels like an actual like split personality. Oh, it's a Tyler Durden in the yeah, original yeah, Psycho. Yeah. This just feels like, yeah, he feels he feels aware. Yeah, he feels aware of both the camera. Yeah, sorry, Vince Vaughn. He you, does. You are a good actor. Yeah. You're a great actor sometimes. But this was it was a bad fit, and yeah. I think this is a direction problem. He does feel he just feels aware of the camera. Yes, but yeah, he just he. He feels like he he's working with mother. Yeah. And it's just she's the one that gets out of hand. Right. But yeah, we both kind of kill people. Yeah. And that's not the case with Perkins. Yeah. It's he's flabbergasted when he comes out of his stupor to find that mother did it again. Right. Or, you know, whatever it is. Right. Whereas Vince Vaughn's is more like you can even see him resi- like he even plays it like he's resisting her when she first comes in, like, no, I better not because right. I know what'll happen. Whereas right. Norman, I, I don't quite get there. No, and I wonder. If, I do wonder if that is a specific choice in in the sense that he Van Sant is clearly making a specific choice with the women to make them more oh, yeah. aware and and more powerful and 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 more um, self sufficient, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if he was also making the conscious choice to go like, look, we know a lot more about this psychology yeah, now, yeah. all these years later. And, and this, also, like, and, who's who's seeing this movie that doesn't already right. know? And this guy is a murderous creep. At the end of the day, if like to take all of our our sort of like philosophizing about Norman out of it, he's a creepy m- murderer. At the mm. end of the day, so 
on one hand, I can kind of, I, I kind of, if it is a choice, I understand why you might want to make it, but I just think it makes Psycho an infinitely less interesting story if that's oh, what it is. It just becomes a slasher at that point, mm-hmm. which I get that that uh, Psycho kind of is one of the early slashers, but, it, but it's not like the, it's never played. The original Psycho is never yeah. played where you're watching Mary and going, get out of there, right. get out of there. Instead, you're going, I wonder what's happening. Yes. I want. Yeah. I need to know what's happening. Yes. Um, and we almost have faith in her being so confident that she can get through it. You know? Yeah. And that's why it's shocking when she's taken out of the picture pretty early. In this one, the whole time, you're just going, why are you not leaving? Get and the fuck out of there. That's the thing. That's so the difference. That's what made this so difficult to me was like... I really like that the women are are. I sometimes these terms I'm I'm not great with using, them, but I like they feel more powerful. They mm-hmm. these feel like more powerful women to me. But in do and then I the script doesn't allow that though. But it's, I don't yeah. and I don't even hate the choice to go like yeah you know what Norman is a creepy murderer so let's make yeah. him a creepy murderer let's have him fucking jack off. The problem is if if both are true at the same time. Then the entire scene that Marion is being very nice to Norman and saying, yes, I'll have eat sandwiches with you and listen to you talk about your mother. I'm going, no, you're smarter than this. I know yeah. you're smarter than this. What the fuck are you doing yeah, sitting here talking to him? Get out of here. Anyone He's would leave. clearly a psychopath. It Suddenly it makes them look stupider it than they match. actually are. You mm-hmm. know, like I, I really, those choices just didn't work altogether. They did a... Later in the movie, when Loomis and uh, Bates oh, yes. square off face to face in yeah. the original movie, it's two guys that know what's up, yep. and they're sizing each other up because they they get the sense shits about and to go down. And they're both trying to lie to each other. They're both trying to lie to each other while seeing through the other yeah. one's lies, and it's yep. like scary in the original because it's one of the first moments where we realize Norman is now awake. Yeah, him and Mother have become one. Yep. This is Mother sizing up yep. Loomis. Yep. But in this one, it felt like two guys. That are kind of slow. Yep. Don't know what's going on. Yep. Killing time. Yep. Just trying to figure out Just trying what's to, the... Why are we standing yeah. here talking to each other about this? So, this thing is about that thing, you know? So, yeah, it's... Like, it feels like stalling as opposed yeah. to this calculated exactly. back and forth. It feels like a cat and, and, and mouse game in words. the original one. Yes. And it does not at all. This feels this. like two guys stalling, yeah. one for good reason and the yeah. other for no good reason. Yes. It's so It's so weird. It was so bizarre. And it goes against... Everything, and yeah, it's constantly contradicting itself just because of those performance choices. If they if they allowed themselves leniency on how to speak in the script, yeah, this could have been great. It could yeah, have been a I really think so. Interesting the idea. cast is really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, the cat. Well, the cast is good when they're being good. Yeah, uh, yeah. when they're just aping someone, they're just aping someone as best as a good actor yeah. can. Um, yeah, like William H Macy was a big disappointment to me. I in did this. want to say before we get into yeah. those performances, just when we were talking about how this is about the stronger women. Yes, um, Gus Van Zandt, I believe, is gay. Uh-huh. The movie opens with we have full. We got we got cheeks from Viggo yeah. Mortensen. Viggo yeah. Mortensen uh, hangs some cheeks. Yep. and that doesn't happen in the original because you can't possibly right. you know show anybody's nudity. And he went with. The man nudity. Yeah. And like he hunkifies his men and doesn't really sexualize the women. And yep. that is whereas the first one didn't necessarily sexualize the women, it's kind of a, a pretty chaste uh reading of the of sexuality. Yeah. Uh, we find out more later. Yeah. Just by the nature of it being made in nineteen sixty, it's it just has none of that. So he introduced it and introduced it opposite to what we're used to specifically in horror. Yeah. That's a great idea. And I think in here. It does work in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. 
it just doesn't yeah it actually I wouldn't even say it doesn't jive with the material it's just that's one of the interesting choices that i think is a successful idea yeah i agree it's a very successful idea and one that i think could have been done right mm-hmm. with with you know but that but yeah he was interested in subjugating the men more which yes, is i agree kind of which is you know it's somewhat a commentary on just the you know the original from the 60s yep. being the opposite of that but it's also now it's just a funny bookmark that even that's 20 years ago now yeah. and that was a radical idea. I know, yeah, and I, I do. I like I said, it's like I find that an interesting aspect of this to want to uh, to want to try that and investigate that through the movie Psycho. Mm-hmm. But it turns out Psycho, I think, is a lot less interesting movie in that lens. Yeah, you know, it's just not about that. Yeah, it's just because I think in that lens, it's kind of just another slasher, and it's written in that period. Yeah, you know this this is written. The sixties were a less. I mean, nineteen sixty was a less empowered time for yeah. women. So the the movies reflected that. Yep. So the the dialogue and the script reflects that. Yeah. And so just it, it, you're putting a round peg in a square yeah, hole. Yeah. It just doesn't jive it's with itself. It's a beautiful, itself. awesome round peg, but yeah. it's never going to get in that hole. Yeah. It it's just never doesn't jive with itself. It doesn't it's jive. Like the, the thing. Um. But uh, I, I you know another. I'm trying to like think of things that I would like to compliment about this movie. Another choice, okay, well, this, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, if you have something. well, just another choice I really liked was um, the set piece at the end when they finally get to the basement. There's some set dressing down there. Oh, that yeah. is definitely unique to this. It's a taxidermy lab. It's a taxidermy lab. I loved that. I thought that was cool. I like that element. I think that's a cool. Uh, it. It. I don't know. It just makes the sense. Spider to me. crawling plays. out of mother's yeah. face. That was a real good touch. It all Mother pl- looks good. It all plays. It makes sense with the with what is again. They're using the original script, so they can't stray from that. But that doesn't feel outside the original script. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a good addition. I, I oh, like yeah. that. I mean, you get the. I think we get the sense that he did his taxidermy yeah. in the basement. Yep. But this gives it. The, but this also does give it that sinister touch where yeah. it's like, oh, he's got a clinical kill lab it's, in his basement. Yeah. Now, you know? now he's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Yeah. You know, like he feels it, more complicit yes, in it, whereas yep. Norman classically does not. Yeah. I mean, all of the sequels coast on us feeling some sort of connection to his non-complicity based on his mental Agreed. state. And that never feels like really never feels no. like a thing here, which no. is a shame. Yeah. But it also makes me think it was a choice. I will compliment this on this movie made me realize how smart some of the sequels were in their references. Yes. Because there oh, were a yes. couple of line tags that we this. didn't notice, such as at the beginning, one of the original lines in this, and thus one of the original lines from psycho, uh, I forget what the what the assist line is, but uh, Marion's response is not inordinately. Yeah, and that is something that became a uh, kind of a catchphrase for Norman in was it four? So in four, there's that flashback where Henry Thomas is playing him as a teenager, uh-huh. and I think if you remember, he says inordinately to the girl that is hitting on him, and she's like inordinately. I like that, and then he ends yeah, up yeah, repeating yeah. it a couple of times. So that's weird because he yes, started exactly. it. Exactly. Cro- but either way, but that's that's I, a I, great tag. I like that. I like that. They just did that for reference. Yeah. That's a cool piece of fun fan service that was in the sequels that was really a throwaway. We yep. didn't even think about it. Yep. Um, there was a better one though. I mean, that one was very cool to realize. Like, oh, they made a big deal out of this word, and it's from the original script. But there was one other reference that I think was a little more. Uh, felt a little more tied together but i can't think of what it is now yeah Did you write I it down i didn't i'm looking through my notes and i i don't see it oh interesting i'll, I'll think on it and see if yeah, it comes yeah. back to it'll me. pop up yeah but it's even that stuff just 
it's it only it only was fun for us because oh. we just watched all the sequels. Yes. So really, that just makes the sequels better because it makes them feel smarter about yes, the original. Exactly. It says nothing about the quality of this no, movie no, because it's working from the original. The connections script. you and I are making now are just like, oh, these sequels yeah. were even better than we thought. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, there's a line early in the movie where uh, Marion uh, asks, she says she's hungry. And Norman says, like, oh, there's a diner just 10 miles up the oh, road. That's what it and was. And that diner becomes a central location of the sequels. Yes, and yes. And I just like that the sequels are like, we've got enough material here to build a world. Those, we, that was some good script We've just got to yeah. pull a, you know, these little pieces, these little details, pull them out. And, they'll, and make know. the world. Because yep. that's, that's actually essentially what that is. It's just world building. Yep. They just found an element to build upon. Yep. And what's cool about that, too, and I always say this about, like, it, it's especially true with prequels, but, you know, any sort of sequelization, be it prequel or not, sometimes you are forced to either, in the in the realm of a prequel, builds, build details under characters that were designed as side characters. Yes. Or in terms of a sequel, build all of this information on characters that were designed to be specifically less interesting. Yeah. And so those are the elements that we end up franchising with. And the Psycho ones resisted the urge to do that. Yep. They picked up on things such as the inclusion of the diner to just build the world naturally. That's yeah. really smart. I can't it's say really that about smart. any any slasher None. franchise. Yeah. None. It's a crowd. I really like uh that's something that is gonna go up uh on Cinema seventy six like in a week or two. I'm doing oh. I'm gonna defend Psycho nice. as as the great slasher franchise. It might be. Yeah. It just might be. Since we watched them all so recently, I'm like, I'm the one to write that article. It's consistently not it's consistently never a slasher nope. completely. Yep. It's never about stalk and slash and get out of that room right. and ah run yep. until until the remake. Until the discovered. remake, exactly. But it's never about that. And even like I just did Halloween. I'm not doing one of those pieces because yeah, yeah. I just did you all just, the Halloweens yes. and that's and Halloween is not my favorite of the slasher franchises. Right. It's probably my favorite single entry yes. uh, for a couple of them. Agreed. But not my favorite slasher franchise. But they tried to do what psycho succeeded in doing right and build upon the lore as opposed to just continuing the stock and slash yeah and it was a mistake for them yeah they just couldn't figure out how yeah. to do it well because they when they resigned to stock and slash it just didn't work either but that we've talked about this a little bit the big difference there is with norman you've got a legitimate character yep and with halloween you've got the shape and the whole point of that character that is there one. is no character i said in my review of the new halloween i said michael myers kills for one reason and one reason only no reason yeah i saw <laughs> it, is, yeah i read your that is there. that's the only that's what's so scary yep yeah exactly um uh i also have a note here that um I said the dialogue in a lot of scenes feels stitched together like they aren't oh. in the same room. Yes. And I noticed this in the scene when Marion was first checking into the hotel. Yeah. Because this was the time where I felt that Vaughn was most aware of the camera. And when yeah. you could really see what you pointed out, that he didn't try to do anything beyond just aping exactly he what He really Perkins is did. just aping the Perkins. Just aping. Like all the physicality is Perkins. he has a Perkins. completely different natural physicality, yeah. so it just doesn't fit. Yep. It's. It, I honestly would love to see Joaquin Phoenix do it. Oh yeah, um, but he can do anything. He's yeah, perfect yeah. in every way except for the lip thing, and um, <laughs> which Vince Vaughn has to. Um, so so it can be done. We can yeah, work past yeah. it. We can get through it. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Sisters, brothers, very good. Uh, <laughs> I'm hitting my second wind now. I'm getting some energy. I know my, me too. My nose cleared. I had a stuffy nose oh, from oh. smoking pot, and um, that happens sometimes. <laughs> that happens to me too. Yeah, it's weird. I, I guess it's just one of them things. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, so in the in the scene where they're going back and forth, it seemed to me as if Vince Vaughn was just told to read the lines and just mug and do whatever he did and yeah. then cut in Anne Heche's lines. Yeah. And I didn't notice it so much with her, but it just definitely felt like she sat with a line reader. He sat with a line reader. Yeah. And Van Zandt coaxed these heightened performances out of them. And then they just stitched it together because they just don't feel like they're communicating. I agree. And even though that is a lot of times how movies are made, I'm sure happened a lot in the original Psycho. Because that's one of the things that's so groundbreaking about Psycho is that it wasn't a two shot. You right. Know, they, they, it was a movie assembled. And but this fe- you feel the assembly and it, th- they just didn't feel like they were in the same room. Yeah, I mean, it that's, was weightless. Yeah, it's the magic of movies should be mm. you and I not noticing. And that. Van Zant can do that. I, know. I don't know what the disconnect is. I, but... I think you might be right that it's the constraints of having to play by the numbers here. Mm-hmm. There's there's no creativity in that. If what Vince is... Vaughn was allowed to do a performance, yeah. that because that's the other thing is that it's an opportunity to be lazy because yep. we don't need them to interact. Yep. It's 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 all on the page. Yep. Um, he can do it exactly like Norman, and then yep. we just have you, and that's it. Yep. And so there's no room for it to for either actor to have a moment that the other one has to play into and react, and not necessarily improvise, but put some texture on it i don't know it's it's crazy how like the the twist of psycho is that you think you're watching marion's movie and then she's taken out and you realize you're watching norman's movie and that's an infinitely more interesting movie whereas in this remake once marion's gone this the life is gone from this movie it's a debt she brings so much life to this i was so enjoying watching her and Viggo mortensen's not in it enough right put into shitty scenes that he can save it yeah it's because essentially it's not about him at that point it's about norman yeah so he's the side character yeah whereas it is about mary and that's the fun but yeah once she's gone this deflated this movie has no life i couldn't get off my phone no (laughs) especially at the last like 10 15 minutes i really noticed like I, there's just no energy to any of this. When it's when, totally uh, flat. Julianne Moore is going down yep. in the basement, and it's that shot where you can see the doorway. Norman comes in, and she's kind of around the corner and hiding. Yep. That scene is filled with taut. Just you can cut through it tension in the yep. original. It is the exact same shot, and there's nothing. nothing. It's it's nothing. Absolutely nothing. I don't know how it works. It's dead. It's there, yeah. and it, the whole movie just runs out of air like that. It's yep. very weird. Yeah, it's so strange. Uh. But um, yeah, I don't even know if I have like that much more to say about it. I, I feel like that. For, oh, you know what else I do want to say? I really think it was a mistake to drop the iconography. Oh of, yeah, of the hotel and the house. The hotel looks. It I, it suits the time period. I, I get why. But it's like the costumes. Yeah, it's. And Are they going to suit the time period or no? That's the fucking. And he made the wrong choice. That's the fucking thing. When it first happened, you and I were like. I was like, that's weird. I don't like that. I don't like that this looks just like a roadside motel you know, in 1998. Honestly, if we swapped everything yeah. and just said, okay, make the motel in the house old. Yep. Make Norman new. Yep. Make, uh, you know, keep Marion new. Yep. But make uh, Julia more old. Yeah. You know, like all these little swaps, you could probably work something out yeah. of that. And they just made all of the wrong, every either or choice, yep. they they picked the wrong one. It was, and when it first happened, when we first got there and the iconography was different, I it like upset me. And you made a very good point. You were like, well, I don't know. This looks kind of like things would in 1998. Yeah. So maybe they're updating it for 1998. The house like, is meant to look like, more clinical. Yeah. Um, unkempt and old, yeah. but it, it's not a scary house. Well, and I thought that was a good point until I realized, well, this movie's not fucking doing that anyway. Yeah, yeah. Half the time yeah, exactly. they're wearing old costumes. They're like, 
So they what's never the commit. what's the point of updating this stuff? Man, one old timey car could have saved so much. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it, it's just not a good mix. No. And then there's I I've, there's one more note that we should definitely talk yes. about. Another piece of gaudy modernization is during the shower scene. Yeah. And during the mental breakdown, yeah. there are strange... Because the shower scene, he does shot for shot. It's got all the cuts, but there's also cuts to... Like clouds? Abstract imagery. Yeah. There's, there's like clouds. I think it's a thunderstorm. Yeah. Um, later, when Norman's having his mental break, yep. there's a cut to like... Was it cows in a field? Something. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, yeah. There's like a cut to... There's Animals, just a cut yeah. to like some weird, just meant to be unsettling imagery. And that's not in the movie. No, and like it feels like a like like it predates like remember in Saw when they show the people in the traps it would suddenly go shaky yeah. cam and it was meant to be like a how fucked up is this extreme moment? Yeah, yeah. They tried to throw that into two scenes that succeeded only because they were subversive by being classy. I also assume and this was weird to go that angle. Yeah, it is. It felt like that was moments where it felt like in Rob Zombie's Halloween, the problem was Halloween's classy as fuck, yep. and you tried to make it metal. Yeah, and it's yeah. not, it, that just doesn't work. Yeah. And, you know, he got a better balance in the second one. I will defend that to the yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this was a moment where it's like you're trying to make it fucked up and salacious when the whole idea of this is that it's confusing and disorienting. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Well, and it's, I assume the reason you would do that kind of abstract imagery in those two scenes in particular is to illustrate something about the mental state of those characters mm -hmm. i i don't fucking know yeah i don't know what i have mental no state idea is. what he was trying to illustrate with those images you know it was just abstraction for the yeah. sake of including something artsy and abstract yeah and it it's jarring it doesn't work and it was like the kind of thing where i think we both had the similar reaction of like what yeah <laughs> like, we were we were both like that? what we, okay. we we literally the first time it happened we were both like wait does that happen? Like, we couldn't even... Yeah. It was so jarring and confusing. We were like, is that a thing that happens? And we didn't notice? Or, like, mm. what? And then once it happened again, we were like, no, this is just a weird choice he's making that I do not understand. It was weird. It was... It was a valiant attempt at trying to do something new, yeah. but once again, in a movie that is only half interested in doing something new, yes. they picked the the dead wrong place yeah. to try and do it. Yep. And then, okay, here's an example of a huge missed opportunity that yes. if they had some malleability on the script, they could totally pull off. It's a great moment when uh, uh, I, I'm always going to forget it's Loomis and what is I can never remember her sister's name. Well, Miss Crane, yeah, and Loomis decide to check into the motel as a, as a couple yes and to pull a ruse on norman yep and so there's this great moment that speaks to the empowerment of her character where they both walk to the room together they have their backs to norman and in order to complete the ruse Viggo yeah. mortensen puts his arm around her yeah. and she gives him a look like what the fuck are you doing get off of <laughs> yeah, me. yeah and norman notices it yeah and that's a funny moment for us because yeah, like it's that. like oh that's funny he's yeah. He's trying to be it's a good performance smart, but he's also probably trying to be old fashioned. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't realize it and is so strong that it's like, get the fuck off me. Yeah. You know, having the proper reaction. Yeah. yeah like, and th this isn't an excuse for you to yeah, do exactly. whatever you're doing right now. It's a yeah. great funny moment. Yeah. That, that is a, it's just a great push and pull between these two characters that clash in ways that, that he definitely doesn't understand. Right. And Norman, in a script that's malleable, would see that. And that would be the moment where he would go, Something is what's not, going on. Yeah, here. what is going on with it? And uh, and it doesn't happen in the original, right? I don't believe. I it, don't it, think so. Even so, though, it's, it's certainly not where we notice it. Yeah, and uh, that if there was a little bit of if they were able to to rework the script, that would be a great moment where it's like they just fucked up. Yeah, uh, completely against yeah. their will. And now Norman knows. And now that Mother's taking over, and you can build tension. But like that's the last we hear of it in this movie. Yeah, it's just a funny gag that. 
should lead to something and ultimately doesn't really do much except yeah. just give a little nice you know notch in the belt for the the cool theme that they're failing at getting at it's yeah that's such a huge missed opportunity and it's all because they were married to the script i agree it's a bad idea it's yeah this movie is just a weird amalgamation of choices that i, that I get why you made it yep, it probably too. felt good to do yep. and i just don't get why it was ever released no it's uh, just I, yeah i i like I went from in the first like five minutes going like I kind of like this. This is interesting because Anne Hesh is like so good in those early scenes. It seems like a good idea. Yeah. Plan. Yep. That. But just the longer and longer it went on, the worse and worse. I was. I was like, I just. There are less and less things that I feel like I can defend about this. You know. Well, and I think too that it's like, it's like thirty eight percent of Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes. I was gonna try and find a good review to see what they say. Yeah. But uh, yeah. At first, where you're like, oh, it seems like they're trying to do something new cool yeah and then when it slowly becomes i mean not that slowly but when you start to realize like oh this is this is the exact script and they're not moving from it it just it just starts to flatline and rides that to the end yeah i was not uh i don't know the longer it went on the 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 worse it got for me i'm curious if there are any positive sounding ones or if even the positive ones are a little i don't know why this is but um let's see what this and heish is good we got a two and a half out of uh, out of four from David Newsing. Okay. He says, let's see if we can get a good line, because it was only a half one, because this is an older movie that predates Rotten yes. Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Psycho progresses into a midsection that doesn't entirely work somehow and lacks the intensity that one might have expected, which ensures that certain moments designed to pack a visceral punch aren't able to do so ultimately. Um, Vaughn's decent yet fairly underwhelming turn as the iconic Norman Bates surely plays a key role in the movie's less than successful execution, while Van Zandt's decision to pepper the proceedings with off-kilter elements ultimately adds little to the movie as a whole. So he sounds like he's on the uh, same page as this. Yeah, I was going to say. The infamous shower sequence contains a couple of baffling inserts that only detract from its inherent effectiveness. Agreed. The end result is a cinematic experiment that has its moments, certainly, but ultimately doesn't hold a candle to its vastly superior inspiration, which does leave the viewer wondering exactly what Van Zandt set out to accomplish when he embarked on this ill-fated journey. Yeah. That's a a positive review. Yeah, this is just, as you and I tend to do, just a generous negative review, you know? Here's one that I can't click, but Salon.com says, it's just a link, just a, a blurb. It says, Van Zandt clearly knows that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And his own smooth touch is neatly sympathetic with his predecessors. I'd like to read some qualifying yeah. statements, but the review is is not clickable. Yeah, and that I will I will say that I disagree with every yeah, word of that. Say, I don't I don't buy, I don't agree with that. Um, yeah. All right. Oh, here's an interesting quote okay. from a positive one. I, it's also not clickable, but it's an interesting notion. Uh, Tim Brayton at Antagony and Ecstasy. Interesting. Still around. Okay. Uh, what Van Zant's film does tremendously well is make the material foreign again. Mm. And I agree mm-hmm. that he does do that tremendously well, but I, I disagree, at least what I'm assuming by the not splatted tomato, yeah. that making it foreign again was any sort of thing worth trying. I don't think that makes it effective. Yeah. Um, yeah. It does feel foreign in yep. certain ways, but only because the familiar is so familiar. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. I don't And I guess credit while credit's due, I didn't read the name of the other oh, reviewer. And it's Mary Elizabeth Williams at salon.com. Got it. So throw some uh, throw some names out. Yeah. You got any other thoughts on, on this? 
<laughs> this is a pretty funny line All right. from Rob Nelson at City Pages, Minneapolis. Already, my mother and I mourn the day when some avid editor will dare to digitally tweak Vertigo, spinning it into a virtual romantic comedy starring computer-directed replicas of Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. <laughs> That's just funny because that is a very yeah. 1998 understanding of yes. the world. Uh, um, although I, don't know. I think I said true. everything. Yeah, me too. I, I don't have anything else to say about this movie. I didn't movie. love this movie. No. I think that a lot of the hate towards it seems to misunderstand its purpose yeah but agreed. it's not a good movie it's not a good movie i also don't know if i can rightly define what its purpose is no exactly it's, yeah I, I would definitely review this poorly but i probably wouldn't be so dismissive of it in the way yeah, that yeah. other people are i would say that if you're willing to do what we just did yeah it's actually a really interesting and fun way to cap off watching all of them it I, is. I think as a companion piece and yeah. as a as an addition to just the lore of Psycho as a pop culture entity, yeah. it's extremely valuable. Yeah. Um, but it's not a terribly good movie. No, I think Anne Heche's Marion is maybe worth watching it for. Oh, I yeah. really liked her performance in it. Which and... gets you about a third of the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, uh, nothing else, really. There's there's not much redeeming yeah. about this. But it's funny to watch William H. Macy wear a suit that's like three sizes too big for him for what no reason. What the fuck was going <laughs> it's on? It's like he with went out to dinner movie. and they were like, Sir, you have to wear a yeah. jacket here. And he's like, I don't have one. Like, you could take the loner and it's huge. It's almost like someone else was supposed to play that character. Yeah. And then, like, like, the day of was just like, I'm not showing up for this. Yeah, John C. Riley had the flu. Yeah. And so, so William H. Macy yeah, just had to get into his costume. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. It's, yeah. Um, but so I, I, rather than end this uh, podcast on a down note of, well, this was kind of disappointing, we should use the last few minutes to just celebrate the Psycho series that we have now completed. Yeah. Which it's I phenomenal. fucking love. I'm like, I'm in love with this series It's now. fantastic. Yeah. Every single entry was good to great. Yep. Um, of the franchise yes. proper without yep. the remake. And all of them, including the remake, I think are absolutely worth spending time with. Totally. Um, we've never done a franchise before, and this is kind of a bold idea because it really could have been a series of just stinkers. I was worried and about it. And it, they ended up being, this is a very fun experiment. I think we got a lot of uh, good discussion out of it. Yeah, and it was, so to me, what was, like, just for the podcast's sake, so value about that, valuable, Val? Valuable? Valuable? Why can't I say that word right now? That um, all sounds just, wrong. Just to switch me. it out for precious. Precious about this. It's, to it's me. valuable. Yeah. Why couldn't that yeah, come out that, of my mouth it, right? You didn't just say valuable. Yeah. The value ruined it. Yeah. Now that, I've got it. Yeah. And right? I hate it. Yeah. I, I don't know. That word sounds so not what like made a word. This so precious to you. Uh, <laughs> for the podcast sake, though, is just like we we have um, you know experimented with franchises before, but just not gone in order. You know, we yeah, yeah. we did the all the Back to the Future. We've I think got we're still one, one die hard left. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is fun. I like that we do that. I had a lot of fun just doing an entire series, oh, yeah. and I kind of think we should not always do this, but we continue do to do this. Yeah, I think that we live in a world now where franchises are almost the norm. Yeah, um, not the norm. I mean, that's an unfair uh, weighing of yes. That. But I, I just—it's very common that what you what people pay to go see on the big screen Franchises. are the things that are a piece of something bigger, yep. and we judge movies now as segments of a whole. Yeah, and just by the and you know, yep. and it's the fair, proper way to judge them on their own terms, yep. at least for those movies. But franchises used to mean something different. Yes. And there was a different set of rules that one had to abide by. Yeah. And I didn't mean to half quote scream there, but yeah. that's just always going to be. Yes. Like, there are different rules one must abide There are certain rules one must abide by in order to create a successful sequel. Yeah. And we've seen it done properly and poorly yes. in 
all different ways. So I think in exploring that from a lens of franchises having been redefined, yeah, there's a lot of once again going through Halloween. That was that ended up just being a fascinating business lesson for me. If anything <laughs> yeah. else. I think it's it's a valuable idea. I got it back. Yeah, valuable idea. Go. Got uh, it. Valuable. It's gone again. Yeah, I think so... that's a valuable idea. It's a precious idea, and it's one that we should hold on to, like the children. Precious. Valuable is not a real word. It's not a real world. World. It's not a world. Words don't God matter damn anymore. It. God damn it! I yeah. can't talk anymore. That's fine. Uh, yeah, I loved this franchise like immensely, uh, and I'm super happy that we decided to do this. And we're. Bu- it was you suggested it, and I was like. That sounds like a terrible idea to me, but I'm in, and I'm glad that it's the greatest thing. Yeah, it's, it turned out to be great. It's also like this is a relatively short franchise, yes, at least in the it's world very of horror. Easy to commit to. If we are, if we do another franchise, uh, in the interest of not having it take up a season, uh, we might have to pick smaller ones. I've already thought about this. That like, if we do Friday Thirteenth, which I think we should at some I think point, because I love those movies. I haven't seen them all in a while. You do them as trilogies That's per a good episode: idea. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then you could do like X Freddy Jason remake. I'm you into know? that. You could just so I, you could. Break I actually, them up that honestly, way. if we can do it that way, yeah, I kind of really want to do Twilight. Oh, I like that. I've never seen a Twilight. I've only seen the first one. I, and it's I know nothing bonkers. but stereotypes. Yeah, and I feel like I'm at a point now where not only am I head over heels for the work of Robert Pattinson yes. and Kristen Stewart, yes. but like a lot of the directors in those are directors Pretty that good. I like. Yeah, and there's a lot of cast members that I like, and I am now an adult yep. who doesn't have to rage against things yes. that aren't made for me. Yeah, so like I'm totally willing to accept yeah. them now. And uh, I would like to do that, but I am not willing to, what, five episodes to that? Right, that's crazy. That's two episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. But we should do that at some point. That we should be do fun. that. Yeah. That would be fun. Do the vampires play va- baseball in the first one? <laughs> Everyone brings that up it's as the, the selling point. funniest thing. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm into it. It's They do so much world building. Well, because they have to, when the lightning strikes is when they have to hit, right? It, yeah, they do so much world building just to explain how vampires could play baseball together. Because vampires like baseball. It's so <laughs> crazy how many rules they set up just to go like, yeah, see, it's possible for them to play baseball. It's like, yeah, I know. Anybody could play baseball. Yeah. Who cares? What do you mean? They don't. They're. They're not. Yeah. They're uh, sparkling. It's so funny. That is so weird. But yeah. I'm in. I mean, why not? Yeah. Oh, I, I would love it. to watch them. Let's do and, it. And I've heard like the last two are like admirably insane, mm. like real batshit in a way. Like, that's I think fun. Bill Condon did one. Yeah, that sounds right. He, Catherine he was supposed Hardwick? to do. I think Catherine Hardwick did one. Yeah. Uh, but Bill Condon was supposed to do when the Bride of Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. I wanted that so bad. Yeah. Then again, I don't know if you've have you seen Bride of Frankenstein. No. Bride of Frankenstein. I need to. Uh, th- we should just do an episode on that. Would that love movie to. is fucking great. Would love to. Like that's probably out of all the Universal monster yeah. movies, that's the one. Yeah, that one's the one where you go, that's a real movie. Would love to. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, awesome. Good stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know if we know exactly what we'll be coming back with post Psycho here. Might be maybe something current since we've been yeah we around the Psycho current. world here. Yeah, I'm into that. Maybe maybe pick something that's coming out or something. And I'm but, definitely uh, anyway. That. So you know, Yo, fine. we should do the night comes for us. Oh, I would love to. That'd be kind of cool. You want to just announce that now, and we'll do that. I mean, it'll be like two weeks from now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might. We'll we'll call it the might come for us yes, because yeah, we might yeah, do yeah. it. We might yeah. do something else. But because we'll I would let love you know. to. Yeah. Check um, the Twitter. We'll put it up. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, follow us on Twitter. To Let's, this is a great way to segue into the end of the show. Oh, like, I also want to say that yeah. my next franchise that I'm pulling apart. Yes. On uh on a uh, Cinema Seventy Six. Are you doing it? I am going to do it. It's going to start off with a Shame Files uh, podcast episode. Okay, awesome. I know what this that is. That is uh, The Hunt for Red October. Yes. And I'm going to go through all the Jack Ryans because I've never seen it's one. such a great idea. So that's what we're going to do. Yep. I love it. That's so good. That's a good franchise, too, just because you got different actors and directors like, oh, pretty yeah. much every time. In different decades. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, that's exciting. So yeah, you, uh, follow us on Twitter. We'll, we'll try. We'll maybe that's the thing we'll try and be better about. It's like announcing the movie yeah, that we're we going to be doing. Twitter's our best friend. Yeah, we we, we should get on Twitter and uh, announce what movie we'll be doing for the next episode. So anyway, follow us on Twitter at I like two movie. It's numeric two. Uh, Facebook dot com slash I like two movie. I like two movie at gmail dot com. Send us an email. We love hearing from people. Um, and uh, oh, I know you had some things you wanted to plug a little bit this episode, right? Yes. Um, the first one here is you guys remember back we did an episode on The Exorcist yeah. with Joe Pincushion. Yes. And then we did an episode where we interviewed Johnny Zito and Tony Trove. And those three, uh, those two wrote and directed a movie that uh, Joe starred in yep. called American Exorcist. Yes. And I have yet to see it. It has Bill Mosley in it. So yeah. that's some that's some cred there. I'm dying to see it. And it was shot locally. Yep. And uh, it is going to be coming out on October 26th. Hell yeah. So uh, by the time this drops, you will be within days of being able to see it. Uh, you should definitely check it out. Uh, these guys have a store in South Philly called South Fellini. South Fellini. Um, they, they really live and breathe Philly. Yep. And they... I mean, they've done comic. Listen to the episode. They're really great yeah. guys. They deserve your support. So go out and throw some money at that movie and enjoy it. Yeah, check out their movie. American um, Exorcist, October 26th. Indeed. I had another thing and I don't remember. Uh, I want to say it was probably the Panty Symphonic. Is that the other thing? Because we've been meaning to Might plug have been, this. Yeah, go for it. You do it. We've been meaning to plug this for uh, a, uh, a filmmaker that we know. And not even, I was about to say a friend of ours, but um, uh, there was a movie we saw at the first puff called. Uh, the Panty Symphonic, and I'm just trying. I want to find his name to make sure I give it to people. Um, I believe it's available on Vimeo now, um, and uh, I-, I think he's got something new that he's been working on that uh, he uh, was reaching out to us to watch. So I think that's something you and I need to do so we can give him a proper plug in the future. But uh, Zach Strum is his name. Uh, and Panty Symphonic is very cool. Yeah, Panty Symphonic is excellent. I believe it's up on his Vimeo somewhere. So look up Zach Strum, Z A C H S T R U M, and find his movie, The Panty Symphonic. It was one of my favorite things at the first puff. It's a really, really interesting short film that's very impressionistic, I would say, mm-hmm. um, uh, but like really fun and has like a very bizarre sense of humor about itself that mm. uh, is like super entertaining. It's like distinct in my memory i saw it like three years ago and i still That's like remember all a lot those of short films washed together i yeah. remember that one yeah mm-hmm. um so i just i wanted to make sure we gave zach a shout out absolutely um, and I, I think he has something new that he's working on that he's trying to get us to get our eyeballs on so i think that's we'll get the information we'll and we can put do it out in there. the future but um so look up zach on on twitter and and vimeo and check out his stuff because he's um I just loved that movie, and I, I'm, I think he's like a, a filmmaker to kind of like keep your eye on. Absolutely, and we will keep an eye on him for you, but you should do it as well. Yes. And also, uh, Butterfly Kisses, That's a right. movie that we talked about uh, when we did our Puff recap from this year, yeah. is, uh, and I believe we'll be talking to to the writer-director at some point in the yes. future, so hopefully we'll, we'll hear from Eric and I think and sometime soon you're going to hear Eric on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that movie comes out October 23rd. Yeah. And that movie, uh, that one I have seen. You've seen. I've seen. You've heard us talk about it. It is. It's fucking great. It's really good. So definitely check that out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, throw some money at that. Yeah, that's yeah, because that's like getting a full like DVD Blu-ray release. Full on release. That's like yeah. Yep. Um, definitely check out Butterfly Kisses. Mm. Uh, it's it's very cool. Um, what else? Uh, you can I'm Dan me- Scully yeah, on Twitter at Dan Scully Letterboxd, all that stuff. You can check out Cinema 76. I'll be covering the Philadelphia Film Festival, which kicks off yesterday. Hell yeah! Um, we'll be covering that at Findy. And uh, is there anything else? 
I think that is that's everything for me. Check out your Halloween coverage over on Cinema Seventy Six. Oh yes, the Halloween coverage on Cinema Seventy Six. Yeah. The Including review just the dropped. A uh, Suspiria review will drop once I figure that shit the fuck out. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's that's all I got. So yeah, please check out all those things. Subscribe, yeah. listen, talk to me. I don't care. I'm lonely, guys. <laughs> please. I'm on Twitter and Letterboxd at Philadelphia with an F. Uh, I'm on Cinema76.com. I will have something coming up about the uh, Psycho series in uh, the next week, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm on FarsightedBlog.com. I've got an interview up there with Clark Freeman, one of the Clark Freeman, one of the executive producers of The Witch in the Window, which is now on now Shutter. on Shutter. Uh, so you should definitely check it out. And uh, if you missed it, check out our interview with Preston Fassel that came out last week. Mm. His book is on Amazon. Uh, it's called Our Lady, Our of Lady the Peace. Inf- for- Our Lady of the Inferno. Uh, I believe I saw today that it's on sale on Amazon for like ten bucks for the oh, paperback. Shit. So just I'm gonna, fucking, I'm gonna end up being it. drunk and I'm gonna buy it yeah. on the train. Buy it. It's going to happen. Because uh, I desperately want to read it. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Buy it and then let me borrow it from you. Yeah. Uh, so ch- check out that interview. Uh, I also wanted episode. to say moviejohn.com. Yes. Yeah. Um, because I got a couple reviews up there and it's just a great site. You should check it out. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. Cool. Let's wrap this up. My name is Garrett Smith and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie. Because, because we, we like, like to movie. movie. Yeah.